0: You can go ahead and be seated. We're going to start today by reading a very familiar passage of Scripture, something you've probably heard many, many times, but I want to look at it a little different this morning. This story shows up in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to read it out of Mark today because I like one of the things he emphasizes there. And in Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 17, many of you know this story. It says, as Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him and knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Sounds like a good question, an important question, right? How many of you today want to know what you need to do to inherit eternal life? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, very valid question. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. There's a whole lesson in that, but I won't go there today. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. So, Jesus understood that this man who had asked him that question already knew the scriptures. He said, You know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery. You must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. This is a summary of commands, this isn't all of them, but he knew that he was speaking to someone who already knew these commands, and so he says, you know these things, you know how to live right. "'Teacher,' the man replied, "'I have obeyed all of these commands since I was young.'" Sounds good so far. I've obeyed all these commands since I was young. And I want to pause here for a second. I believe there must have been some moment, whether it was just a one-second pause, maybe Jesus just looked at him for a few seconds and didn't say anything. But Mark points out that Jesus, looking at the man, felt genuine love for him. Here is someone who has come to God and has said, what do I need to do to spend eternity with you? And he said, you know the commandments. And he names a few of them. And the man can honestly reply and look at him and say, I have kept all of these since I was young. And looking at him, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. And so looking at this man... Even with obedience to all of those commandments, Jesus saw something was missing. And so speaking out of love, Jesus said to him, there is one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come, after you've done that, then come, and follow me and at this the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions everybody take a deep breath (sighs) hear me clearly I am not talking about money today you may relax (laughs) that's not where I'm going with this looking at this young man Jesus saw something wasn't quite right. He saw that this young man had spent his life devoted to him. He saw that this young man had been obedient to the commandments. This young man initiated the contact. He says, he ran to him and knelt down. That's a sign of submission. And he says to him, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, you know what to do. Lists several things. The young man says, I've done all of this my entire life. Good. And then looking at him with genuine love, he said, but there's still one more thing. We'll come back to that. Anybody in here have allergies? I hate allergies. I live with allergies. Anybody have allergies that are seasonal? Something that it's like it kicks up, one time of the year worse than another. Any of you out there, it's this time of year when we change to the fall, I know it's Leela. She was out last week, couldn't even speak. It gets terrible. I have what people call seasonal allergies. There are times of the year when it's worse for me and I just deal with it. But in addition to that, some of us also have some pretty severe allergies and you don't care what time of year it is. They're just bad. Anybody have those too? Something you're allergic to, you have a violent reaction to? And it's all over the map, isn't it? Anybody have an allergy and you've learned about it and so you avoid this thing and your life is better for it, but it's totally stupid and weird and bizarre and you can't explain it at all? Anybody else in the room like that? Yeah. Yeah, there are a few of us who have those, right? And you, it's like, look, I know this seems crazy, but I'm telling you, it makes my life absolutely miserable and I am much better off if I avoid it. I have one of those allergies. And it's a very unusual allergy (laughs) and it affected this young man when I was of dating age, and I'll explain it. I have a violent reaction, and I mean that, a violent, horrible reaction of all things to roses. It sounds funny, right? I, I don't even bother to try to explain it to people anymore, but it's very true. You can ask my wife. I have a violent reaction to roses. There are some people, and I'm one of them, who flowers irritate you, you know, especially springtime. You get, like, a little itchy, and maybe your nose runs. You know what I'm talking about? People deal with that, especially in the springtime. Roses do not do that to me. (laughs) I can get within a few feet of roses, and especially if they're fragrant, which they should be. It's a rose. That's the point, right? And especially if it's fragrant, if I get from me... To the organ I can feel it I mean actually feel it my skin starts itching I start getting uncomfortable if I get up close if I were to actually smell a rose my face would go puffy my eyes begin to water they turn bloodshot I've had my eyes swell shut before it does not affect my airway it's not that kind of allergy but I am absolutely miserable I have a horrible, violent reaction to roses. Do you know what this means at Valentine's Day when you have a violent reaction to roses? It means you avoid all kinds of places. Rachel and I were at the sanctuary, our church in St. Louis, and they decided to do a fundraiser. And they're not the only church that does this, but they decided to do a fundraiser at Mother's Time, and they got some great deal with a florist, and they were going to buy bouquets of roses very, very cheap and then resell them to the church family so they could give them away to their moms. And everybody goes, aw, isn't that sweet? You know, So every mom in the church could have a dozen red roses on Mother's Day. No. No, 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 no. This is a church of 500 people. Do you know what would happen to Desi Lugo if I were to walk into this place and next Sunday there were 300 dozen roses in here? So I called our pastor and I said, look, I love you very much. And I love this church, but you got to understand, I am not coming to church next Sunday. (laughs) This is not going to work. And he knew of my allergy, and he laughed, and he he knew it was coming. He said, I completely understand it. We went to church somewhere else that Sunday. Not because I have a rotten attitude, but, you know, I like being able to see. (laughs) It just kind (laughs) of goes with it. So I have this horrible, violent reaction to roses as a young man, dating age, what is the thing that has been pounded into us in our culture that you do to show love in the romantic gesture, right? You go and you buy a girl flowers. And if, if you're really getting serious, you get roses. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. It was not not a good thing. I have been happily married to that beautiful woman right there for over 16 years and I can count on one hand she can count too cuz she remembers. I can count on one hand the number of times that I have brought roses or like a bouquet of flowers home. And I could drive from our house to a florist or a grocery store, purchase the roses, put them in the back seat of the car cuz I was just bound to cuz this is what you do to show love, right? No, this is what you do when you look stupid. I put the roses in the back seat. I drive from the florist or the grocery store home. It's a 10-minute drive. And I walk in the door, and I say, baby, I love you. And I'm tomato red, and my eyes are already <laughs> swelling shut. And she takes the pretty flowers and say, why did you do this? I'm like because I wanted to get you flowers and I immediately stomp off upstairs and I have to take a hot shower and take a breathing treatment and she takes those beautiful bouquet of roses and sets them in the backyard so she can see them through the window (laughs) doesn't work for me I can't do roses I have a horrible violent reaction to roses and it sounds ridiculous anybody else in here allergic to roses one or two of you, you have that kind of reaction? See, you're both like, no, not like that. That's bad. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's random. It's weird. It makes no sense, but it's my allergy. Brian, have you ever bought Lynn flowers? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever gotten roses for her? Yeah. Why would you get her roses? I'm allergic to them. <laughs> Don't you know that? It worked for you. See, it sounds ridiculous. I'm glad it worked for you, by the way. That's a good thing. (laughs) But it sounds ridiculous for me to be upset with Brian because I'm allergic to roses. Why would he get roses? Right? It's my allergy. I don't impose my allergy on the world. I don't scream at all the retailers at Valentine's Day. Don't you know I'm allergic to roses? Why are you selling them right now? No, I just stopped going to the grocery store that week. It's my allergy. It's something I carry. It's something that I have to live with. And it impacts my life severely. And I have learned to avoid it. But I don't expect everyone else to respond the same way that I do because it's an allergy. And sometimes allergies are unexplainable, but allergies are also unique. And allergies are individual, they're not universal. And so, for my own health and well being, and to be fair, by extension, the health and well-being of our marriage. For my wife, we do not have roses in our house. We do not have fresh flowers in our house. That's not something that we do because of the way that I react to it. Now, in the scriptures, Jesus does a funny thing. This man, this God man, steps into our story, and he's on a mission, and when he begins his public ministry, he already knows that he is headed to Calvary. And then he has a short time. And so he begins to preach and teach, as we would call it. But what's interesting is most of the time, we were just talking about this on Wednesday with the youth class, most of the time he tells stories. And they're usually farming stories. And they're simple stories that take a physical element, and to teach a moral, a spiritual truth, it takes a physical element, and it relates it to something in the spiritual realm. And we call this a parable. And this is one of the defining aspects of Jesus' ministry. He tells parables everywhere. And what we learn from the parables is that there are many, many things in the natural realm that reflect something in the spiritual sense. There are many, many life lessons you can learn by looking at the world around you that will teach you something about the aspect and nature of God. It'll teach you something about living for God. And so take a lesson from the roses today with me. This is my allergy. I'm not upset with you if you buy roses. Don't you buy roses for me. But I'm not upset with you if you buy roses and you take them home to your house. But all of us deal with different things and all of us have for a lack of a better word spiritual allergies there are things in the physical realm that violently affect me but in the same sense there are things in the spirit realm that if we're not careful they will make us very very sick and the challenge is i'm not talking about sin i don't think that roses are inherently evil roses are not sinful but they hurt me. And in the same way, there are things in your life that if you're not careful, they will hurt you and they will impact you. But it's not a universal thing. Jesus looked at that young man, going back to that story, and he said, you know the commandments. And he began to list several of them. And those are universal commandments. You should not kill people. You should not lie. You should honor your parents. Those are universal commandments. And that young man looked at Jesus and he said, I have kept all of these my entire life. And Jesus looked at him with genuine love. And I told you I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but I think there was a pause. I think Jesus looked at that young man and saw something in his heart. And he said, you got to do one more thing. Now, we don't make a universal principle out of this story. There is no gospel commandment that you sell everything you have and give it to the poor and take a vow of poverty if you want to live a Christian life. You'll notice this instruction only comes up one time in the gospels and only for one individual. Why is that? Because it's what that young man needed to do, it was not universal. Having money is not inherently evil. The fact that the young man had many possessions and was wealthy is not wrong. But Jesus saw something in that young man that was going to harm him. There was an allergy, if you will, that Jesus saw that the young man did not see yet. And he said, you got to do one more thing. You want to spend eternity with me? I need you to lay this down. And at that point, it wasn't an issue of sin in the young man's heart. It wasn't an issue of right or wrong. But Jesus saw something in him that was going to harm him if he did not step away from it. If you'll allow me to use an example from roses, Jesus saw a spiritual allergy and he was telling that young man, you got to step away from this. And this is a simple message, but God was speaking to me this week and there are some of us here. I am absolutely confident of this. That as of late, God has been speaking to you and he's been drawing you closer to him. He's saying, come spend more time with me. I just want to talk to you. You're not in trouble. Nothing's wrong. In fact, I'm very pleased with you. Come come, talk to me some more. But as you do that, there are things that are beginning to bubble up and surface in your life, in your mind in your heart, things you're not talking to anyone about, things you don't need to talk to anyone about. And God has been saying, would you set that down for me? Would you put that away? Would you listen to that less? Would you not watch that as much? Would you take this off? And you're thinking, did I hear that correctly? Is that what God actually said to me? So you set it back aside and you go on with your life. And the next time you and God talk, there's this gentle, soft whisper, and it speaks to you again. And you're thinking, this is crazy. What does this have to do with salvation? So you begin to search the scriptures. And I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but I'm absolutely confident that somebody needs to hear this. And you've been thinking this over in your mind and you've been praying about it and you've been looking at it and you're thinking, God, where in the scriptures does it say I can't do X or that I shouldn't engage in Y or that I need to do Z? And I'm here to tell you this morning it doesn't. So stop looking because that's not what this is about. There are things in our life that God wants us to watch out for. And these are not damnation issues. This isn't heaven or hell. This isn't you've done something horribly wrong and we're dealing with a sin issue. This is God speaking to you and saying, I see something in you, and if you're not careful, this is going to harm you. And I love you very much. And I'm asking, would you just set this down for me? Be able to take a deep breath Because you don't even know it yet. But I know in your spirit, this is going to harm you later. You have an allergy that you haven't discovered yet. But I know it, and I'm trying to protect you. And I'm trying to keep you safe. And it doesn't make any sense to you, and you can't explain it to other people. And you can't make a universal application out of it because you're looking around thinking well, I know so-and-so does this or so-and-so does that and they seem fine and let me help you here. They are. God isn't asking them to lay it down. I don't get mad at you when you buy roses for your spouse. It's my allergy. But there are things in the spirit that sometimes God whispers to us and he draws us and he says, "Would would you step away from that? Now, get ready for this jaw-dropping revelation. Do you know how I figured out that I am highly allergic to roses? I got around roses and had a violent reaction. That was deep, wasn't it? Any of you have a visceral reaction, some really, really strong allergy? How'd you figure it out? You got around that. You ate the wrong thing, right? You touched something and all of a sudden, whoa, I cannot do that. How many of you would like it if you had been able to figure that out before you ate the wrong thing and ended up in the emergency room? Absolutely. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm where at times, out of his genuine love for us, God begins to speak to us. And it's something that's unique to you and you're not going to be able to explain it and God doesn't owe you an answer. He's just saying, you got to trust me on this one. I'm trying to protect you. And there are things in life where God begins to deal with us. And we can look around at everybody else and say, well, why aren't they doing? And it doesn't matter. Because God's not concerned about their allergy to roses. They don't have one. You do. And hopefully we listen to him before we fall into trouble, before we have some violent reaction and end up in the emergency room with our eyes swollen shut and a red rash breaking out all over your body. In my case, my mother was a nurse before I'm seven or eight years old, and she is dunking me in a bathtub full of ice water to reduce that shock and get me to come. I hated that. But it's what was needed in that moment. And God is saying, if you will listen to me as I speak to you, I'm going to help you avoid those things. And so I'm pretty much done. This is a simple message this morning, but I want to help some of us understand there are times in life where God will speak to us. And He's drawing us towards Him, and it's not because you're in trouble. It's because He loves you and He's pleased with you. And He's asking you to set something down or set something aside because He sees things you don't yet. And In and of itself, there may be nothing wrong with that thing or that activity or whatever it is you fill in the blank. I'm not going to tell you. But God sees down the road, it's going to trip you up. You're going to get hurt by this. And so before you get that far, because I love you, I'm asking you to put it down now. Jesus looked at that rich young ruler. That's what we call him, by the way. The scripture doesn't actually say rich young ruler. That's our colloquial term in Christianity for this story. But he looks at this man who had many possessions. This man who was obedient to the law. This man who sought after Jesus. This man who knelt down in submission to Jesus and said, what do I need to do? And Jesus looked at him and said, you know what to do, and said some things, and the man said, I'm doing it. I'm obedient to that. And Jesus did not argue with him on that point. He said, no, you're lying to me. You're really living the falsehood. This isn't a Pharisee. As Regina talked about, this isn't a dirty cup on the inside. This is not a whitewashed sepulcher with rotting bodies on the inside. This is someone seeking after God and being obedient to the commandments. And out of genuine love for him, God looked at him and said, there's one more thing I can see you can't. And it's going to trip you up later if you don't put it down now. So, young man, I need you, not everyone, I need you to go sell these possessions and give them away. And then you'll be able to follow me with everything in you. My dear brothers and sisters, what is God asking us to do? What has he asked you to put down or lay aside. Something you've looked through the scriptures and you're thinking, I don't see anything wrong with this. There isn't. That's not the point. But your heavenly father who loves you very much is saying, I know what you don't. And if you will put this down, I will save you a world of hurt later on. So you can't make a universal application out of it can't say why isn't everybody else doing it because it's your allergy and it will vary from person to person and if you love Jesus and if your desire is to seek after him and to draw close to him he will speak these things to you because he loves you and he wants to save you and protect you and keep you from harm so don't be surprised the closer you draw to God the more things he begins to whisper to you why don't you put that away Why don't you spend less time doing this? It's not because you've done something wrong. It's because he loves you. Hear me today. You're not in trouble. It's because he loves you. It's not because you're living a false life full of sin. It's because he loves you. And the closer you come to him, the more he's going to ask you to put down and set aside. As I get ready to close and as you stand... Hebrews chapter 11 is a very famous chapter. We call it the heroes of faith. And it's full of all these examples throughout the scriptures of men and women who have come to God. And they've responded in great faith to him. We know this chapter well. I'm not going there today. But it's interesting that in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and I don't have this scripture up, it's fine. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, right after finishing this list of all of these great people, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses of the life of faith, all these examples that have been named in what we call Hebrews 11, let us strip off every weight. Let us take off all of the weights that slow us down, especially, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Now, we, it's easy to focus on the sin part. Yeah, I should stop sinning. But the writer of Hebrews makes two things. He says, every weight, especially the sins. You know what that means? Some of those weights are not sin, Some of those are things that God calls to us, and he says, would you just take that off? Would you set that one down? It's not wrong, but it's going to hurt you later. And I'm calling you towards me. And so this morning, if God is drawing you, not just this morning, but if God has been speaking to you, and there's this thing that you can't explain, and it doesn't make sense, and it's only in your heart. It's something that God has been talking to you about. Would you spend some time with your Savior this morning? And whether you come down front, we're going to open up for a time of prayer, or whether you do it in your pews, and you're welcome to come now if you want. Or you can stay where you're at, like that young man who came to Jesus. And don't miss that he kneeled. That's important in that posture of submission. And he said, what do I need to do? Could we take some time as a congregation, as individuals this morning, And say, Heavenly Father, what is it that I need to do? And God, this isn't about me being scared of spending eternity in hell. This isn't about me having to deal with some secret hidden sin. This is me asking you, Heavenly Father, what are you asking of me? God, you know my heart, my mind, and you know my future as the author and finisher of my faith. And there are things down the road that are going to hurt me that I can't see right now. But you do. So speak to me, Lord. Tell me what these allergies are. These things that I need to do to draw closer to you. My church family today, could we spend some time in an act of submission asking our Heavenly Father, what is it that I need to do? What is it that you're speaking to me, Lord? And then as you speak these things to me, would you give me the strength and would you give me the trust, the faith to put it down, even if it makes no sense to me, and hand it back to you?